0: And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, bishop of the called churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And I
1: am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. i tell you, I'm laughing because between a little technical glitch I had getting signed on and between my granddaughter wanting everybody to know that she is in the room, I was just kind of counting the seconds here that I had. You know, 10, 9, 8, 7. But praise God, here we are. Uh, And it's great to be with you again today. Hope all of you are having a wonderful day. Uh, I'll be back in my own studio tomorrow, but I'm hearing a lot of stuff about delays and problems with airports. And I'm flying out tomorrow morning to head back uh, to Virginia. So be praying for me and uh, want my team to know to be ready just in case, because we had delays getting down here. In fact, we had a two-day delay getting to Georgia uh, we we had our flight delayed four hours, then canceled Sunday night and couldn't get another flight the following day. Everything was booked. And so instead of leaving Sunday evening, we ended up leaving Tuesday morning. So um, while I, I am going to be prayerful that everything will go well tomorrow morning, um, we be ready, folks, just in case. We'll have something good for you anyway. But, but you all be pulling for me, too, because my hope is I'll be sti- sitting in front of my microphone uh, when the time comes to sign on tomorrow, because I'll be leaving certainly early enough to get there unless the airlines decide that for a variety of reasons. You, you know, I said that part of this, this stuff is short, short staff. They're they're all short staff. And and of course, we've got Pete Buttigieg to save us from any transportation we, problems we have. So I don't understand why everything is not working perfectly. I mean, after all, he's perfectly qualified to run the transportation department because he's homosexual, right? And that's all you need to know. Yeah, well, how's that working out for us so far? Uh, But anyway, good to be with you. Where do I start, folks? First of all, I've got a guest coming up in the next segment. Looking forward to that. Uh, We're going to talk about what what is really really the heart of this issue, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the heart of the matter, isn't it? It is it is mankind's estrangement from God, which is the heart of our problems, which is at the root of our problems. We're talking to the Track Society about what all of us can do to make an impact on the lives of others who desperately need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Daniel Penny is being arraigned today. Of course, he's out on a hundred thousand dollar bail. Uh, he's been now been charged with an addition in addition to manslaughter. He's being in, being charged with negligent homicide, which is a lesser charge, which means they could find him innocent of manslaughter and guilty of negligent homicide, which still carries four years imprisonment. They ought to be putting a medal on him. They ought to be giving him the keys to the city instead of prosecuting the man, threatening to put him in jail. By the way, I would remind you, since I have said and others have said, this is strictly, this is just about race. That, that, that's all this is. Uh, another young man, by the name of Jordan Williams, stabbed De Victor Quadrego in a subway because he threatened him and his girlfriend. Apparently, punched her, pulled out an earring in her ear. He had a knife on him. He stabbed the man, and he died. And he got out. He was charged, and he, we will go to trial. No bail. Let out on personal recognizance. He's no danger or threat to the community, and he's no flight risk. We don't have to put a bail charge on him. We can just let him go. Jordan Williams happens to be black. Now, look, folks, it you know, it, it real almost pains me to bring this stuff up. But but somebody's got to say this. Somebody's got to say it. And if you happen to be an American of European ancestry and you say, oh, you're a racist, you don't, you're a racist. You know, they've been doing this to, to black people all these years and now a white guy gets it and he, I mean, you know, this is the kind of stuff that a lot of people would get. And I'll get some flack too, but I don't care. It's truth. It's right. One standard for everybody. Fra- frankly, from my perspective, neither one of them should be charged. They should have been let go for justifiable homicide because Daniel Penny didn't intend to kill the guy. I doubt that Jordan Williams intended to kill either, but maybe he felt he didn't have any choice but to use the weapon. He's also, by the way, Jordan Williams, he stabbed the guy. He's also been charged with um, with possession of an illegal weapon, not a firearm, but a knife. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how either of these is going to proceed but the but the disparate treatment between the two, and by the way, no protests. Victor Victor Quadrego is obviously Hispanic based on the name, but no protests over the the Jordan Williams killing of Victor. No protests. No no subway protests. No no. And 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 here again, folks, I guarantee you that if Daniel Penny were black, there wouldn't have been any protests about that that either. This is, this is strictly a way of, once again, trying to divide us, trying to pit us against each other, and, uh, and trying to prove, once again, America's a racist place. And if, if you've heard anything of Daniel Penny's discussion about this, I mean, level-headed guy who made clear, he said, I was not stopping a black man. I was stopping a man who was threatening other passengers, many of whom, to quote him, were also people of color. I mean, to me, it's just that simple. But oh, no, no. When you got uh, Bragg, a, a prosecutor like uh, Alvin Bragg in office, a George Soros puppet, you can expect this kind of mistreatment of people. Now, the other case was in Brooklyn, by the way, different, different jurisdiction. And so, but still, you know, the, 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 the treatment of Americans under the law ought to be consistent. Right? It ought to be consistent. And in fact, you would think, well, of course, the judge couldn't give bail to this black guy if she really, really felt it was justified. I don't feel it was justified for Daniel Penny or even being charged. But you know, you would think that you would consider, well, now we can't appear to be treating one person one way and another person another way based on the color of their skin. In fact, some could argue that the Jordan Williams situation is worse because he actually stabbed the guy. Whereas Daniel Penny didn't use any weapons, he just used his bare hands trying to subdue the guy, and trying to subdue another Jordan. Jordan Neely is the guy who ended up passing away. Here's another one: uh, Army Special Operations, and folks, I, I just I just cringe when I saw this. Army Special Operations started in part by my very dear friend, General Jerry Boykin, retired Lieutenant General of the United States Army. They've, they're posting a intersex-inclusive pride flag on their media accounts saying, happy Pride Month, live with pride, special ops. And of course, people had been responding to this garbage. What in the world is going on? here's what they posted with it. United States Army Special Operations recognizes June as Pride Month, celebrating all LGBTQ plus members in our formations throughout American history. LGBTQ plus members have not only fought for the right to serve openly, but have fought in every major war and conflict. Oh, really? Really? You know that? Well, they certainly weren't LGBTQ because they were probably just private citizens living their lives and feeling like it's nobody's business, what my personal life is, and that's not what I'm signing up about. But not anymore, no, no, no. Now, it's all about what your private life is. It's all about your private sexual proclivities, and everybody's gotta celebrate that, including special operations. Lord, help us. Back in a moment with our guest.
0: This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson.
2: You know, a very important book written by Nancy Piercy came out this week. The Toxic War on Masculinity is Well-Researched and Full of Surprises. The first surprise is the claim that there is good news about Christian men. You know, the standard response from both the secular and Christian media is that biblical teachings about such topics as headship in marriage make Christian men more likely to commit abuse and pose significant difficulties in a marriage. The problem with the social science research in the past is that it failed to identify two distinct groups of men, religiously devout versus nominal evangelicals. The first group, who attend church regularly, shatter the negative stereotypes, They are more loving to their wives and more emotionally engaged with their children than any other group in America. They're less likely to divorce and least likely to commit domestic violence. By contrast, the nominal Christian family men do fit the negative stereotype. They spend less time with their children, their wives report significantly lower levels of happiness, and are 20% more likely to divorce than secular men. Sociologist Brad Wilcox reports that the most violent husbands in America are nominal evangelical Protestants who attend church infrequently or not at all. Nancy Piercy has a few suppositions for this difference. She observes that nominal men hang around the fringes of the Christian world just enough to learn the language of headship and submission, but not enough to learn the biblical meaning of those terms. She believes they cherry-pick verses from the Bible and read them through a grid of male superiority and entitlement that they have absorbed from the secular guy code for the real man. This is one of the many insights you will discover in her new book, The Toxic War on Masculinity. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of
0: view. For a free booklet on a biblical view on big data, go to
3: viewpoints.info slash data. That's viewpoints.info slash
1: data. This is Abraham Hamilton III with AFR, and we're sending Bibles to Asia. Here's Michael with Bible League International.
2: Abraham, there is an incredible move of God right now in the region of Asia. This is where Christianity is growing fastest in the world, but at Bible League, now in our 85th year of ministry, we easily estimate that as many as 9 of 10 new believers in countries like China, Vietnam, and Malaysia have no access to the Bible. They live out their Christian faith in the day-to-day without being able to open God's precious Word and be reminded of His promises. But listeners, you've been incredibly kind. To these brothers and sisters. Our goal is to bless 16,000 bible believers. You've done that for 13,000. or more than 80% there. We've been given just a little extra time to meet this goal. Would you pray about it today and would you get involved and send
1: Bibles to Asia? $5 sends a Bible. That's only $5 for a Bible. $100 sends $20. $500 sends $100. You can give by calling 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD. Or visit SendBiblesNow.org. That's SendBiblesNow.org.
0: The Awakening. The
1: Awakening.
0: Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at afr.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: The root cause of all of our problems is mankind's rebellion against the Almighty God. Sin is the problem, and God has provided an antidote for it, and the antidote is is he sent our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the sins of the world so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the answer folks. And my guest today is Philip Butram, uh, Butram, president of the (laughs) gospel track society. Sorry about that. I, I, uh, but Philip, welcome to the the awakening. Glad to have you on because what you are doing is so vital to what every. Hu- I mean, it's c- the critical issue for every human being.
4: Thank Talk you. Talk to it, us
1: about the about the Gospel Track Society.
4: It's it's my blessing. It's my privilege to to not only be here, but to be a vessel used of God to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to the workers in the field, in the harvest field. That's what we do. We provide seeds for the workers.
1: You know, I'm convinced of this. You never know what will touch a person's heart, and that Christians have to be ready to give an answer. And sometimes we don't. We might not know what to say. We might know exactly how to know exactly how to approach a person, but a tract is always an option, isn't it? You can just hand that to a person because it may be the thing that makes the difference. Uh,
4: The uh, tract is is a seed. Now we have over 900 titles which cover everything from salvation to deeper walk to End time ministry to jail ministry so we provide samples to to someone who has a has a ministry and we want them to find the the title the tract that is just fits them that they're comfortable with that they can either hand out they can leave someplace uh, it's a testimony and a sermon in of itself and all of our salvation tracts have the message of Jesus Christ and a way to receive Jesus as Savior at the very least it's going to contain Romans 10 9 but with it's all readable we, we know that so many people, particularly street people, are bilingual. You know, English may be the second or even the third language. So we make sure that it's something that can be easily understood. You know, maybe the, the 10th grade level, uh, something that they're not going to have difficulty in. You want them to, to see the material. I, I've, I was a director of advertising for a blue chip firm for, for years, and I've learned that you have maybe three seconds to catch a person's eye and catch their attention. So, God has given us the ability to, to make the attract uh, cover attractive. And if you get their attention, then maybe they'll open the page. If they open the page, you've got another five, ten seconds to, to, I say, set the hook, which is allow the Holy Spirit to minister. They may not finish it, but more likely they're going to keep it and finish it later, which is an advantage over the, the social media. You know, we surf, we click, we pass on it, it's gone. A track is a piece of paper that's stays there. It's the Word of God. Even if they throw it away, the Word is still there, and someone, someone is going to pick it up and be ministered to and receive Jesus.
1: And you don't have to have a, you don't have to read a book to get the message. (laughs) I mean, I think that's what's so beautiful about this, that you don't, the attention span we're told is diminishing among people because of the rise of social media, but this doesn't require a lot of time because you can read it in a matter of, of a minute or two, and get the message across and like you said it sticks with you even if you don't read the whole thing at once you can stick it in your pocket take it where somewhere and then the next thing you know you're reaching oh oh yeah i was i was looking at this and you finish it up and i've actually heard stories and i'm sure you have of people getting saved by by a track
4: oh we we have tracks that are non verbal just graphics we have a we a comic book that uh, that we have published and millions of them, of them it's a, a 40 page four color and it's a, the book of Luke in graphic form, in a comic book, four colors, beautiful. But we've had people be saved in foreign countries by just looking at the artwork, not able to read the captions or the balloons, but just looking at the artwork and ask a question. Okay, what does this mean? Okay, so it, it whatever tool God uses, God will bless the, the reader, the person that looks at it. Uh, it may be words. If they read it, it's powerful. God's word does not come back void. And we can, we can share the gospel in just simple. We have a dear, a dear friend in the ministry. She's a very meek, timid lady, but she always carries an assortment of attracts in her purse. And whatever the spirit tells her, she'll pull a track out and go up to this lady in the story. Would you like a poem? Would you like a song? And you know, very, very gentle, non-offensive, non-intrusive, mm-hmm. just you know, in love. And she has never had anyone turned down taking a tract from her. We had. I was sharing this morning that uh, she met a young man. In fact, the, the Lord told her to stop at a gas station and she was going someplace else and she pulled in. There was one man at the, at the gas pump and he was pumping gas and so she, she pulled out checked out of her, her purse, walked up to him, and said, God loves you. He looked at her and growled, and said, I don't care. I'm going to hell. And she kind of stepped back. Uh, God loves you. Off to the track again. He said, you don't understand, lady. I'm going to hell. She's waving. God loves you. He said, ma'am, I'm on my way to kill somebody, and I'm going to commit suicide. I'm going to hell. He said, "You know, God loves you." Handed the track. He took it, put the pump in the the uh, the nozzle on the pump, drove off. It's a fairly small town, and she was expecting to see murder suicide in the headlines the next day. She never saw it. We don't we don't know what that man did. Mm -hmm. We do know Mm -hmm. she planted a seed. Of the Gospel of Jesus Christ,
1: how can churches and pastors uh, take advantage of this uh, from the Tract Society? Because every Christian should.
4: Oh, absolutely! We're we're all vessels, and we're all called to preach to minister. Uh, we can. We have four ways you can you can reach us. The easiest way is to go to our webpage, which is just our name, GospelTractSociety.org. We have over nine hundred titles. They're not all on the web. But we've got a good uh, you know, sampling of maybe 300 that are on the web. Uh, they can call us, air code 816-461-6086, or write PO Box 1118, Independence, Missouri, 60050. And our only only objective is to, to get a seed that somebody will use, a, a favorite seed that they can relate to, that they can tie their testimony into, whether it's a healing or financial need that's been met, uh, uh, loneliness, depression, suicide. God has, has ministered his love and grace to so many people, and we have stories of how God has ministered. And these make wonderful testimonies, wonderful segues, if you would, from taking a person's own testimony, own life and being able to relate it to somebody and leave something that's tangible in their hand that's going to stay with them.
1: Yeah, the word says one plants, another waters, oh, but well, God yeah. gives the increase. Absolutely. And, and so you don't know the impact. In fact, I heard a guy, former uh, mo- motorcycle gang member, tough uh, criminal type. Yes. And somebody left a track on his doorstep one day. He picked the thing up, looked at it, walked in to the clubhouse and threw it aside. And then one day just woke up and there there was sitting there and he read it. Yes. And the rest is history. I mean, he got saved on that track and never looked back. So, and this this stuff is really powerful and 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 very very important that every Christian take advantage of this. I like that idea too. Everybody really ought to carry a tract around, some tracts around with them, because you never know when the opportunity will present itself to witness to somebody. Isn't that the case?
4: Oh, absolutely. And it it does not matter where we are in life. We have we have one, one lady that lives out in rural Kansas. She's ninety some years old. She can't get out of the house. She has taken it upon herself to mail a particular track that she loves to every individual in town. She has gone down the phone book, and she'll mail out like five or ten a week. This is her wow. calling. She doesn't know these people, but she knows the Lord. And the Lord <laughs> the, the Lord knows who He he's he sent it to, and he, he is there. And that's where, whether we, we work on the job, whether we're retired, whatever are, are, what are we do, there is, there's a message that we can share verbally, physically. When they look at us, they're going to see Jesus Christ. So we want we want to live an image that is representative of what God is to us, righteous and holy before the before God. And then leave something Amen. leave something that God can work with.
1: Plant that seed. And people people can also donate to the Gospel Track Society. If they go to that website, I, I turned to it when you were talking. <laughs> okay. uh, and they can also donate to help help get more tracks out there because you're, you're giving a lot of these tracks to people so that they can take the gospel of Jesus Christ out and, and others can help beyond their own lifestyle, I mean, beyond, beyond their own family community by helping others to get the tracks out, correct?
4: Absolutely. We, My, my father was called this, this ministry back in 1926, and he was given two mandates by God. Number one, print only the word of God, not man's doctrine, not any theology, just his word. The second mandate was do not charge do not sell my word. So we are a nonprofit organization. Much like a church, we are supplied by the donations and gifts of God's people. So we don't charge, we don't sell for our our tracks. They're not free. You know, I got overhead. I got you know, I got ink and paper and electricity and the insurance and all this kind of stuff. But God always supplies our need, and that's the, that's the neat thing about God. When if you're true to His word and faithful, He will honor the faithfulness and supply the. Need. We have people that will donate and not order anything. Then we'll have people that order who cannot afford to give any donation that's fine god always honors the the heart of the person and always has, has allowed us to supply the seed to the individuals uh, most people do give an offering and that's that's great i god is our source i can't see it any stronger god is our source over and over again he has supplied the need because we are faithful to his word to print his word in truth and honesty and the plan of salvation a plan that helps.
1: Amen. Well, Philip, God bless you for the work that you are doing. It is the work of God. There's no question about it, because the most important thing we can do in any person's life is to help them come to a saving oh. knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's what you all are doing.
4: Hey, absolutely. I, I, I was telling a friend this morning that I do not want to stand before Jesus Christ on the seat of judgment and have him say, Wait a minute, uh you didn't talk to Bill Brown. Oh God, I you know, I don't really like the guy.
1: Well look, that that's thank you so much for taking time to be with us today and sharing this. And I know that every Christian is taking it to heart. Just a reminder to us of what the number one priority is. God bless you, Philip. Keep up the good work. We'll be praying for you. God, thank you. God bless you. Back in a moment.
5: It's my turn.
6: Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman.
5: In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Probably the most famous river in the world is the Jordan River. It isn't a large stream. In fact, many people would hesitate to even call it a river at all. It begins near Benias in the area where Caesarea Philippi stood in New Testament times and flows the distance of approximately 100 miles to the Dead Sea. It is a very crooked and weaving stream between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, the two major bodies of water which it connects. The river covers a distance of nearly 200 miles in that 65-mile stretch. The river is from 3 to 10 feet deep and has an average width of between 90 and 100 feet. It contains some 30 species of fish, the most famous being known as St. Peter's fish. According to tradition, it was in the mouth of this species that the famous disciple found the coin. The river begins at a height of some 1,200 feet above sea level. It ends at a depth of some 1,300 feet below sea level. Most of the stream is below the level of the sea. This causes the temperatures along its course to rise as high as 118 degrees in places during the month of August. The prophet Elisha sent the Syrian army general Naaman to the Jordan to be healed of his leprosy. Naaman reluctantly washed himself in the water and was healed. And it was over this river that Moses looked into the promised land from Mount Nebo. John the Baptist centered much of his ministry around the river. He used its water to baptize his converts. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. John was very reluctant to baptize Jesus and only did so upon the insistence of the Galilean. The traditional side of the baptism of Jesus is about four miles north of the Dead Sea. The Jordan represents a dividing line to biblical students. It was over this river that Joshua led the Israelites. It divided the wandering Israelites from their past meanderings and their new home in Canaan. It also is a dividing line in the life of Christ. For it was at the Jordan that he publicly embarked upon his ministry. Perhaps as legend has it, Jesus was baptized at the same crossing used by the children of Israel to enter the promised land. Today, literally thousands of Christians visit the river to be baptized and to renew their baptism as a symbol of their faith. Pilgrims even take home water from this stream with which to baptize in their own land. Millions of Christians who have never seen the Jordan have symbolically crossed it, for they too have crossed over that dividing line in making public their ministry for this carpenter from Nazareth, regardless of the occupation they fulfill. We said that the Jordan was probably the most famous river in the world, and that fame is due primarily to its association with the man from Galilee. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association.
0: The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: We're back. And, uh, folks, I tell you, nothing does my heart more uh, just in terms of elation and joy than to remind people of uh, that that Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. I mean, and that's why I say we can debate policy issues and we should and we must and we can get involved in politics because we should. We are stewards of this great nation. We should and we must. But if we try to solve America's problems without God, all we're doing is shuffling the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. God is essential to the future of this nation. The gospel of Jesus Christ is essential to the well being of this nation. It's why we become the most productive, the most free, the most prosperous nation in the history of mankind. It's not because we're perfect people or because we've done everything perfectly. It's because we are rooted and grounded and founded on eternal truth that God is our creator that we are all ultimately accountable to him, that rights and liberties come from him, uh, and that a government that serves its people serves with the understanding that the ultimate authority in life is almighty God, not man. And unfortunately, we've got a bunch of people in our country today who have forgotten that. Uh, Vice President Comrade Kamala Harris, was just talking to a bunch of young people, telling them how important it is that they make sure that abortion rights are preserved. Yeah, that's, that's the message you want to give to young people. That's the message for our posterity. Make sure that we can wipe out as many babies as we think we need to. Yeah, great message. Such a, such a degenerate and depraved view of life. Whoopi Goldberg said recently, and she's famous for saying a lot of big, stupid stuff, uh, by the way, folks, I'm going to start taking your calls this segment. I'm gonna get, tr- I'll am i try to get one or two in. 888-589-8840 is the number. That's 888-589-8840. Um, Whoopi Goldberg says, Evan- evangelicals need to wake up and realize God may not be on your side. Well, the question is, are we on God's side? And if, if Whoopi actually thinks that god is on the side of killing unborn babies if she actually thinks that god is on the side of telling children that they that they're, there's a different person inside their body than the body they were they were given in terms of their gender and their sex if 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 she actually thinks that homosexuality is approved by god uh, you, you don't know what to say for this woman you don't know what to say for her. You know, David said, I don't know what I would do if it weren't for the Lord on my side. Well, why was God on his side? Because he was on God's side. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's why God was on his side, because David was committed to the Lord. And again, he wasn't perfect either. We know that. But see, this is what they don't understand. We're not asserting that we're perfect. We're asserting that God is and that his ways are perfect and that his standards are perfect and that there is a way that seems right to man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. That's what we're saying. We're not telling people, hey, look at us. We're perfect. What we're saying, look to Jesus. He is. If you look to Jesus, you're not going to find a Jesus justifying the killing of an unborn baby when he said, suffer, allow little children to come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. And when when they kill an unborn baby in the womb, they are in effect trying to short circuit that child's purpose based upon God's will and plan for that child. They're trying to short circuit it. They're making themselves God and making themselves the arbiters over who lives and who dies. I mean, it's uh, these these folks. Folks, let me say this, and I want to come to your calls. Uh, by the way, you all know, don't you, that what I've been saying all along is now being proved to be absolutely true, and I didn't even know what we know now. The Biden family is a, is a bunch of crooks, and Joe Biden is a crook. These WhatsApp revelations where his son is saying, uh, you know where's our five million dollars? And notice in the course of that conversation, there was nothing said about exactly what he was doing for this five million. It was a shakedown. My father's sitting right here, and you don't want to cross the Bidens. If you know us, we're the. I mean, you, you, look, a mafioso member couldn't have done a better job. Well, the Biden family's their crime family. And basically, he's used politics to enrich his family, to enrich himself and his family. And so, as far as I'm concerned, by the time this process is over, he he and his son, at the very least, ought to be in jail. And I, I have always been reluctant to say, put a president in jail. But when you're selling the country down the river, as I think he has, you're basically betraying your country, selling us to communist China. You deserve to be in jail. We'll have if, Even if we have to build a special wing of a prison for the president so that he's safe and can't be extorted or blackmailed, we'll do that for a former president. But this president, Biden, should be in jail. They've been trying to put Trump in jail, but every time they do, they find out the things they're accusing him of don't hold water. But it's becoming clear that Biden is a crook. But it's been obvious all along, let's face it. It's been obvious all along, and now the evidence is coming out, and even even some in the mainstream media, in order not to just look totally stupid and, and totally bought, they're even asking questions about this now. Yeah, well, it's a, a day late and a dollar short, but nevertheless, there it is, and he's got to go. He's got to go. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? No, if I take, if I make another comment, I'll, I won't get to a call. So let's, let's get to at least one call here. Let's go to, um, uh, let's go to Alan in North Carolina. Alan, welcome.
3: Thank you. Uh, and I apologize, you know, since you were talking about the right to life, uh, Issue. Uh, I'm with a, an organization called Concerned Methodists, and we had an exhibit up there. But uh, again, so many things that you're talking about, I could not agree more. The uh, second thing, too, is I'm putting together a book called Foxhole Buddies. And the bottom line is there are those who try to uh, divide us. But if you take the example of an enemy coming over the hill, uh, you know, maybe 200 uh, or Maybe half a mile away and then you and i are in a foxhole and we can choose one other person who would it be and the answer is it doesn't matter what the color of our skin is that's right or what language we speak important thing is can that person fight and uh, mm-hmm. i'll finish with one last thing too is as uh, i have a very deep uh, passion about this but i was going through a mcdonald's and Place my order. I noticed the guy, the, the car behind me had, and I don't like to use the term black, you know, or racist, but it had two black guys in there. So I just told the clerk, I'm going to go ahead and, and pay for their order too. Well, I drove over, after I got my order, I drove over to a, a lot next door and I just wanted to check my order. And the guy, uh, that car got their order. They drove up next to me, and they said, "Did you pay for ours?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, thank you." And I said, "No, seriously. Everything I have and everything I I am belongs to the Lord. Thank Jesus Christ." And the guy Amen. who heard that, sitting by Amen. the you know, pointed to his heart. So
1: this, it, you know, Bishop, what you have said is so wow. so true. Amen. Amen, Alan. Wow man thank you for the call pra- praise god i mean that that's that's powerful right just two human beings they happen to have darker skin but when the guy put his hand on his heart which said you communicated with me see that that's what it's going to take that's why we're not going to bring this country together without god because god is the one who shows us how we transcend all of these superficial differences Because who who cares what somebody looks like? I care what they think like. I care what's in their heart. I care, do they have honor? Do they have integrity? Uh, Do they have decency? Do they have compassion? Uh, Are they they submitted to the will of Almighty God? That's what matters. Not their appearance, the color of their skin, the texture of their hair. and I mean... And the Bible makes that clear in uh, Second, Second Corinthians five sixteen. I mean, it makes quite clear that we're supposed not supposed to know people according to the flesh. And the left and the Democrat Party are trying to sell us to the point that uh, no, that's the only thing you know people by. How's that working out for them? Back in a moment. Forget about
3: Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice and is unbanning a word. They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need you, YouTube. Banned one day,
0: banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up.
7: Hi, this is Miki Addison. Join me, my husband, Will, and our kids for AFA at the Ark. We'll also be joined by Wesley and Walker Wildman and their families as we host a mini-conference at the Ark Encounter October 26th and 27th. AFA has reserved a block of rooms at the Marriott Cincinnati Airport Hotel, which will be available at a discounted price. Space is limited. Learn more and register at marriagefamilylife.net. And I hope to see you at the Ark. Hi, this is Miki Addison, inviting you to join me, my husband Will, and our kids at the Ark. We'll also be joined by Wesley and Walker Wildman and their families as we host AFA at the Ark October 26th and 27th. We'll have special presentations from Brian Osborne and Ken Ham, the founder of Answers in Genesis and creator of the Ark Encounter.
5: You know, with God, nothing is impossible. That's what his word says. I see God's hand in just So many miraculous ways.
7: AFA has reserved a block of rooms at the Marriott Cincinnati Airport Hotel to be available at a discounted rate, including several meals. What an opportunity for fellowship. We'll also have presentations and panel discussions with the Addisons and Wildmans, as well as worship together. Space is limited. You can learn more and register at marriagefamilylife.net. That's marriagefamilylife.net. It's AFA at the Ark, and I hope to see you there.
0: Just because you're
2: single doesn't mean you have to be alone. Dr. Tony Evans on Focus on the Family Minute.
0: One of
1: the worst things a single Christian can do, any Christian, but especially a single Christian, is to allow your singleness to put you in isolation. God wants you in community. He wants you uh, serving. He wants you benefiting others. And when you are fulfilling your calling under God, generally as a Christian and then specific to you, giving you gifts, talents, skills, then you are engaging with other people which fights against that selfishness. So what God wants is he wants you and me to be engaged in the unique thing
0: that he has us to do for his kingdom. And in that he joins us
1: to root out some of the things in us that need to be transformed.
2: God does want you to share your talents and to serve others in community. More from Dr. Evans at
0: familyminute.org. Back to the awakening with Bishop E.W.
1: Jackson on
0: American Family Radio.
1: We're back. We've got a few open lines. The number is 888-589-8840. Let's get more of your calls in. Let's go to Ronnie in Oklahoma. Ronnie, welcome.
3: Thank you, Bishop. Um, my, my issue is the people that are pro-abortion supportive and everything, but then on the other hand, they turn around and... Uh, say that the uh, drugs they use to kill
1: convicts and thugs are inhumane. How how does that work? Yeah, Ronnie, you were a little bit fuzzy. Please call me back again on a clear line. But I I caught the gist of that. Look, what we are in right now, you know, there are people who say that young people are turning away from abortion, and I, I think that the data does show that, and I'm glad to hear that, and that gives us some hope for the future. But the culture in general, the culture has gotten a lot more militant about being pro-baby killing, frankly. I mean, let's call it what it is, because that's what it is. Uh, I just read an article about Walgreens, that they're making these pharmaceutical drugs not only for abortion, but for, for, um, for transgenders. They've, they've got in one, Wal- the Dallas Walgreen has something they call the Kind Clinic, now, great euphemism, right? Guess what it's for? It's for dispensing hormones to children who want to transition, so-called, to a different gender. Yeah, they call it the kind clinic. And that's what it's dedicated to. So, look, the, the, the corporate world has become sold out to a godless mindset. They really have. Uh, and here again, that's why it's going to take cultural leadership, not just political leadership, but spiritual and cultural leadership to turn the situation around. Uh, I, I put the question out there again. Ask a person who's pro abortion who says, Well, who- Whoopi Goldberg, well, you don't, I don't believe that life begins. My question, Well, well Whoopi, were you conceived? Yes. When was it not you? When was the person conceived in your mother's womb, not you? Just explain that to me. When did it become you? 888-589-8840 is the number. It, it's, it's always been you. It's always been me. And the lives that are taken in abortion are taken in murder. Let's go to Diane in Mississippi. Diane, Welcome.
6: Yes, Bishop Jackson. I appreciate um, what you were talking about earlier about the tracks. I just wanted to give a testimony. I, a gentleman sure. in our church named Mr. Hofer. He was a vacuum cleaner salesman, and he handed out tracks everywhere he went, or little Bible books. And he mm-hmm. would say, "Let me give you some good reading." And I got in the habit of that as a young person after I got saved and we my little granddaughter was probably seven or eight and we would go up to Wendy's or somewhere and I'd say, Can I give you some good reading? One night she said, Mom memo, can I give the good reading? Well she gave that lady every time she'd stand up in the little back of my Buick when she's supposed to be the seatbelt, she'd say, let me give you some good reading to the person. My mother was in a nursing home and the nurse was in there and anyway Mallory came uh, up, that was my granddaughter and she asked her, she said uh, do you Are you saved? And Belinda just kind of stood there. So anyway, Mallory gave her a uh, Bible track. Well, the next mm-hmm. time we came back on a Saturday morning, she asked her, uh, she said, Are you saved? And Belinda, the nurse, pulled out of her apron. She said, Yes. She said, A uh, little girl, one day down here, Mallory was redheaded and had glasses. She said she was redheaded and wore glasses. And she said, She gave me this track. And she said, I obeyed it, and I asked Jesus to save me. And she said, are you going to be a missionary? And Man- Mallory said, yes, and I'm practicing. And do you know now she is on, <laughs> on the mission field at South Pacific International Academy. Wow. And that that wow. lady was the first one she ever led to the Lord. She was a black lady, wow. and now she's over, at the, over there in Africa at Papua New Guinea. And I talked to her face to face. But I mean, that actually happens if The Lord God. has used that child ever since to be a soul. Amen. So y'all pray Diane. for her. She's in Papua New Guinea.
1: All right, we certainly. Her name is is that what's her what's her name again?
6: Mallory Monroe. Mallory. All Mallory right. Monroe Diane. in South Pacific International Academy in Papua New Guinea.
1: Thank you for the call, Diane. Wow. That well, talk about the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and something as simple of it as a track. Change that woman's life forever for the good. Praise God. Uh, let's go to Ricky in Mississippi. Ricky, welcome.
3: Good. good morning. Good afternoon. I want to ask you a question. Uh, my mother was in a car accident several years ago. I won't go into the details, but it was not looking well for her recovery, everybody's shaking their hands running around and the Lord spoke to me and said, it's going to be okay. it's going to be a long road, okay Don't panic trust in me. And long story short, it worked out exactly that way.
7: Mm-hmm. My
3: question to you in in your prayer life, in your communications with God, what vision, what feeling is he giving you about the upcoming election and how it's going to impact the world, and impact this country? Is he given you any insight? Do you have any peace about it? Or just, just share that with me. And, and thank you so much for what
1: you do. Wow. Ricky, thank you so much for the call, brother. And thank you for the, that very, very thoughtful question. Um, look, I, I talk to God a lot about this country. It is one of my great preoccupations because you all know my view of it. I really believe that America is a gift from Almighty God to each of us as citizens, and that each of us is a steward of it. And unfortunately, that is not a message that most of our countrymen have gotten. Uh, I I, I don't know. I, I can't say that the Lord has given me an insight as to the outcome of this election. I can tell you what I believe about it and what my sense about it is that we are going to win this election, we meaning Christians, conservatives, are going to win this election and we are going to have leadership that is going to lead this country uh, back toward the foundational principles that made this nation great. I I believe that, that's what's in my heart. Uh, I can't tell you uh, on the radio, because it wouldn't be true, that God has spoken to me about the outcome of the election and that's what he's told me, that I can't say but my sense of it is uh, from, from my prayer time and, and uh, the amount of time I spend thinking about the issues confronting this nation, that's what I believe is coming. As far as who that person will, will be, I, I have no idea who that person will be, but I, I will say this, it needs to be someone who thinks like we think. It really does. It needs to be someone who thinks like we think. And you look at the candidates and you f- figure out which who who do you who you think most thinks like you think, because that's who needs to be the next president of the United States. Somebody who understands you've got to be not only a political leader, you got to be a spiritual and moral and cultural leader for the country. All right. Thank you for the call. Let's go to. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Joey in Arkansas. Joey, welcome.
4: Hey, how are you doing today?
1: I am blessed, Joy. How are you doing today?
4: I'm blessed, just as you are, and Amen. thank you for your service. Because I got a brother and a son, both was in the ring.
1: All right, simplify. Yeah. Now I was
4: wanting to talk to you about turning this country back around. That us Christians are uh, turned back to God as we should. I mean, I grew up in the '60s, and you know, no stores was open nowhere. We 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 done right in God's eyes. We're going to have to turn back to that.
3: We're going to have yeah. to quit being gluttonies and going to restaurants and stuff like that. <laughs> All, right.
1: <laughs> All right, Joey. Well, Joey, listen, I mean, thank you for the call. For Joey, thank you for the call. Look, uh, I'm I'm close. I'm almost out of time. It, but the last two callers have given me an opportunity to say, folks, please put on your calendars July the 14th, 7-14. We're holding a patriotic rally to secure America's future based on 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. It is a patriotic rally to secure America's future. It's going to be an historic event. Uh, It's going to happen at the downtown Richmond Marriott in Richmond, Virginia, uh, at six PM for reception, seven PM for the event. Six PM really for fellowship. We'll have some food there for you as well. Seven PM for the event. You don't want to miss this. If you're anywhere in the area, and even if you're not, this is something you want to you want to participate in. I, I, you you want to be there. Uh, again, Second Chronicle seven fourteen. That's why we chose July seventh. Uh, I mean, that is July 14th, the 714. Because all of you have been saying the same thing, and this is what this rally is about. America's got to turn back to God. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to save us. And, and politics needs to reflect that truth. And our criminal justice system needs to reflect that truth. I mean, think about this, folks. We've got people running around telling folks you can steal up to a certain amount of money and it's no big deal but the Bible says thou shalt not steal. How do we get so far from, from those core values? It is wrong to steal what does not belong to you. It does not belong to you. It is wrong to take what does not belong to you. That is theft, that is stealing, that is wrong. The Bible speaks clearly to these issues that we're confronting. And by the way, even to the issue of our national sovereignty. A lot of people are confused about that. But, you know, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 2, ask of me and I will give you the nations and the ends of the earth for your uh, uh, possession, uh, your inheritance. When God, God is the one who gives nations. And, and if we we would be in rebellion against God to, to give it away, to to surrender the sovereignty of this nation, it would be be an act of blasphemy against God. And I know they call us Christian nationalists when we talk that way, but we don't talk that way out of hatred for others or the desire to harm or conquer others. We talk that way out of a desire to be good stewards for what God has given us. In the same way, if you put a fence around your house, you put alarm on your door, Nobody says, well, what? that's that's awfully selfish. No, you're being a good steward of, of what you have, what God has given you. Well, that's going to do it for the day, folks. Look, stand up, step up, speak up, and refuse to back up. Because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side.